Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs Podcast. I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with that's you, E.G. Oh, sorry, uh, <laughs> Evil Genius. Yeah, I forgot who I was. And um, Ryan and Hugh Elysium or Ryan Yankee. Whatever there you, you go. Yeah. Um, no, we were just. <laughs> that's funny. We were just talking about my. Uh, we got a Shiba Inu. My family did in March, I think. And he was Which a. I don't uh, believe is a real thing. I think you're making this up. That well, he is a real. tiny little Shiba Inu. He's like 15 pounds, and they usually you're run a like, tiny little Shiba Inu. <laughs> they usually run like 30, 25 to 35. So he's he's really small. But he was a little Amish puppy mill breeder, and they surrendered him to Pound down in T County, and and we got him, and he's been the light of our lives since then. So he's he's the guy that gets me up to uh, That's walk. That's awesome outside that's really great twice twice a uh twice a day or as my and my mother-in-law comes over and she says yeah i gotta walk nathan and the dogs so because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise i just sit in my chair for you know nine ten hours at a stretch uh working because i i'm telecommuting all the time now but it's sure. it, he's been very good for all of us and we all dote on him and he's very very cute i'll have to i i think i wrote it i wrote a article about him so uh I'll, i don't know if you got to read it but i'll, I'll send you the link eg i wrote it a few months oh it yeah. Was therapeutic. Send them, yeah nice <laughs> if if i didn't have my parents three dogs that i stopped to visit them and help take care of after work every day i probably would just go into a depressive coma those I, things they're just like they're my children yeah so no, I, it's, I, it's very I good it. for giving you a sense of routine and purpose <laughs> you yeah. know and they definitely learn the routine better than you. And like, oh, yeah. If you don't and do what you you're deviate, supposed to, yeah. they, they get pissed. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of learning routines, the Cavs are 3-0. and Did Okay, did anybody on up, this man. podcast see this coming? Well, I, I can't say one way or the other because I, ha- I, I literally, what I said in, in the, the write-up for this the, the game yesterday, I, I don't really know any of these guys. I mean, I know... I kind of know like Drummond's proclivities from what I noticed, and I, I obviously know Kevin Love and like Delhi, who's not playing yet. But I mean, a lot of these young guys, like I just haven't, I just 
haven't been around enough to, to watch their games. So I, I really don't know that I had any expectations at all. So it's, I gotta say though, it's really, it's really a lot of fun to watch a team that looks like they're having a lot of fun. So, yeah. I mean, they get a lot of steals. They get out in transition. They are passing like crazy. Um, they're number two in the league right now in terms of assists per game, which is crazy after watching some of the games last year where literally Tristan Thompson was getting kicked out of games because he was so frustrated with Colin Sexton. <laughs> well, to be honest, E.T., if you heard that LeBron came back to Cleveland, would you expect them to go 3-0? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not saying that they're that good, but it's it's a shock. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look. I, each one of the the wins has had a bit of a you know qualifier, I guess. I mean, both Charlotte and and uh, what, but Charlotte and uh, Detroit are kind of rebuilding. Detroit more than Charlotte, really, because I guess Charlotte sort of paid some big bucks for Gordon Hayward and and uh, what they got scary. Did they get scary Terry last year? They did last, last year, year. Yeah, yeah. But, but of you course, know, that they, team added some guys. That but, team but beat Detroit, the supposedly yeah. unbeatable Nets tonight. So right. So who knows anything? I mean, yeah. Look, I really, I think we all thought they they'd get destroyed by the Sixers on the second night of a back to back after a double overtime game in Detroit. And granted, no Joel Embiid tonight, but the Sixers just. I mean, I think you said it or someone said it on the on the thread. Like the Sixers just never saw this coming. Like they, I think they thought they could just waltz. I mean, they were two and zero also. And they just probably thought they could just waltz in, into the the spectrum or wherever the hell they play in in Philly and or it, it, to, it, in Cleveland. I guess it was at the Q. Sorry, I'm, no, no, I'm still was, I'm still I'm still jet lagged. <laughs> but uh, was it in but, Cleveland? I thought it was in Philly. It was. It was. It was but it was, it's it's super confusing because they go to the studio and all the shots are from Cleveland because. I, I don't know if uh, Austin Carr and John Michael are they? Yes, they are traveling with the team, um, or at least they're traveling because I know that. Um, but it in, was Cleveland because there was a giant C on the floor. Oh, yeah, that's no, right. Yeah, no, now, yeah, now I'm all thrown off. Yeah, too. yeah, because they were doing the city edition unit, which yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that for a minute. What do, What do you guys think of the city edition ode to? Uh, I love the idea. <laughs> I not a big fan of the execution. I, they're growing on me. In the, I I like the little buttons on the shorts. Uh, I think that's kind of dorky yet fun. You um, like the buttons on the? I shorts? do like the buttons. I didn't even they're notice like the buttons on so the shorts. So lame. <laughs> oh, I can't get past the. I can't get past the the serial killer uh, lettering <laughs> on the front of the jerseys. I'm like. You know, it's like I, I'm. This is Ted Kaczynski designed them. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm. Not a I, they're killer. almost so bad they're good. <laughs> is is kind of my take on them. I do like the big C. The big white C is kind of cool. I think in the, yeah. on the black, but it's it's rustic, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, I like the idea, but yeah. yeah, I agree. The execution's not great, but it's not nearly as bad as some stuff I've seen. So oh, sure. oh, yeah, the the white and blue city edition one, like I don't know if it was last year or the year before, were awful. Yeah, it was an attempt to kind of half recreate the nineties uniforms. Yeah. And the orange and the Tide Pod ones were just oof. Oh those <laughs> yeah. were awful. 
<laughs> so yeah. again, so yeah, I'll take black with serial killer letters before yeah. <laughs> and i actually think they look better on an all black like t-shirt or hoodie than they do on an actual uniform but they didn't to me they didn't look that bad on the court but what did look good on the court were the calves and yeah i mean i mean we can talk about who you'd be play. wearing anything if they play like that <laughs> yeah i mean i think there, there's two things that none of us saw coming uh first would be darius garland being this good so far um, in the second, yeah. you drafting Darius Garland? <laughs> yes. So during the game, we had our fantasy draft, and I I killed Ryan because I actually drafted Darius Garland in like the, six, the fifth round, I think. Um, <laughs> and I had been, you know, point guard. If anybody has been critical of Darius Garland, it's me, uh, and skeptical. But I I will say I never. Uh, predicted him to be a bust. I, well, no, that's not true. Before they drafted him, I thought it was a terrible draft pick. But I will say that I, I gave him the chance and have been rooting for him. I just couldn't figure out what they saw in him, and now we're seeing it. So I'm, well, I'm really happy to see. I, I that. think it's always. I mean, look, it's always difficult to, you know, to judge an 18 or 19 year old, you know, coming out of. Yeah. Who who really played? How many games did he play? Four and a half. Yeah, I mean, he, it was a similar situation to to Kyrie, and I think yeah, but Kyrie people, at least had eighteen games. No, I, but I'm saying, but I'm I'm just saying like like similar kind of thing where you sort of like you expect him to be Kyrie coming out, yeah. you know, with that same sort of pedigree where they took him and all that kind of thing. And really, quick, well, sometimes guys take a while to Kyrie to be Kyrie. If you look at what Kyrie, no, I, I, I well, but Kyrie was a, <laughs> Kyrie was the number one overall pick. I mean, I mean, no, I think I there I was an expectation of of a certain amount of, you know, that that I mean, there was a that debate between him and what's his name, Derek. Uh, um, <laughs> I I forget, I'm forgetting his name, um, but yeah, uh, he was on our team from Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can't think of his name. Something really generic. His last name, William <laughs> Derek. Derek, Derek Williams, Williams or something yeah. like that, yeah. And anyways, but but there was that there was a bad debate, but but you know there was I mean Kyrie was kind of like like far and away the the top pick of that draft, and they you know made their choice and well, and, and he was he was good, but he had his right struggles away. with Dion, yeah, but he had his struggles with Dion Waiters. I mean, yeah, you know, in a similar way that that I think you know these two guys struggle with where their identity because they're both you know they're both six six one or whatever six two guards that you know, that are kind of combo guards and nobody's really sure like who's supposed to run the point and who's supposed to be the off guard and move without the ball. And it feels like they got a much better plan for that this year than they did last year from the yeah. little I've seen. I mean, Darius really does seem like he's, he's trying to be the facilitator and, and, you know, and uh, Sexton really does feel like he's trying to be the, you know, the, the off ball, you know, moving out of the ball. It's still, there's still moments, stretches where he takes over and dominates the ball, like towards the end of like the third quarter tonight, early fourth. And you're just like, come on, man, you know, like make better shots. Like if th- this game was closer, this would be, you know, this stuff shouldn't be happening, but, um, yeah. but you know, but, but there's a lot less of that I've, that I've seen in the first three games this year than uh, what I read about last year because I really didn't get a chance to watch the games really. So yeah, um, and I, I think the plan now with Dante Exum, who also 
played well tonight. Well, let's be honest, everybody played well. 29. Yeah. Excellent, man. Jeez. You forget how long that guy is. Yeah. Well, and the great thing about him is he really compliments uh, Colin Sexton well on the second unit because he can play the point guard, do the playmaking responsibilities. He's big enough to take the bigger guard. He's a, he's one of the better Cavs perimeter defenders. And yeah, and like you said, he's he's really long and he looked springy tonight. The and like he was shot out of a cannon a few times on on some of those uh finishes and some of those uh yeah. you know, attacks in transition. It was really nice to see for a guy that has looked old at times in his career because he struggled so much with injury. Yeah, you yeah. said the athleticism that you didn't think he was going to get back. Yeah. And, again, I thought he was going to be an afterthought this year. He was, like, the guy on the roster that was like, well, I don't dislike him, but, you know, they'll probably trade him or something and whatever. But one thing I wanted to go back to really quick, one nice thing about the dichotomy of Sexton and Garland, where there's definitely problems with their size and still finding their roles, they don't look like they're competing with each other. No, they're competing, you know, to be good on the team, but they don't look like it's not like the Dion Waiters, Kyrie Irving thing where it's like, well, no, hey, I'm more important. No, I'm more important. Well, and yeah, I think that's been encouraging to see. Yeah. And I and I think that's the one or one of the reasons that we give them a lot more slack than you would otherwise, because they both seem like really, you know, positive kids that are all about winning more than you know, how is this going to feed into my next contract and all that stuff? They say all the right things. They're super competitive. Um, they, I mean, it, it was super annoying to watch, you know, Dion and, and Kyrie kind of compete with each other for, you know, no sane reason. And, right. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't get the sense of that at all from anybody on this team. No, you I know. agree, especially well, Jetty's another good example. And that's also what's been really encouraging about Okoro. And, you know, I didn't know beforehand, but finding out he's known Sexton since, like, elementary school. And the fact that they have that kind of bond as well, it's a really, really good kind of tie-in and unity for our young core. Well, I, I just, like, I, I can't wait to see stretches where you've got Exum and Okoro in the backcourt with with like length in the front court, like I mean, you could that's a you could and really put some lock some lockdown some lockdown defensive teams on the floor there. Yeah, I think they ran that pretty big lineup against Detroit the other night, or I guess it was last night, and yeah, it was super long. I don't think it quite worked because those guys hadn't played together much. But if they yeah. can figure it out, yeah, that's gonna be and and you know, there's two things we've seen so far. Nobody's going to out-rebound this team um, no. because <laughs> they've got guys that can average, average double-digit rebounds. Uh, one of those guys started at the three tonight. You know, they got yeah, four no, guys on this yeah. team that can average double-digit well, rebounds. And if Nance can hit the threes like, like he's been hitting them, I mean, that, that opens, that unlocks a hole. Because then you play him at the three, and you can go big with, with Drummond and Love or you know, or throwing McGee in that mix, like, yeah, you can put in some pretty long lineups that can score pretty easily and, and run. So, it I mean, up so many size issues with the backcourt as well. And yeah, outside of Sexton and Garland, we don't have size issues. 
in the back. Well, they court. don't even have they don't even have Windler and and uh, and uh, KPJ right now. Or Delhi, so. yeah. Well, I'm just saying in terms of length. I mean, Delhi's yeah. Delhi's not small, but but like Windler's what six eight. KPJ is uh, what six, six five six six. six. six yeah, I mean, six, that's four, five, but long wingspan. Yeah, they seem the new NBA measurements. I think oh. Windler's technically six seven, but that's again that kind of like voodoo uh, measuring. So I, I don't really know. But I mean, yeah, they they definitely outside of Sexton and Garland, they have gone big. You know, none of the I don't think Delhi's probably the next tallest guy at six four. And then, you know, Exum at six five, and yeah, they're they're not a small team. Um, outside of their two starting point guards, and they got a lot of they're surprisingly deep now. I mean, yeah, those two guys that we all expected to be in the rotation that you just named in Windler and KBJ are out, and yeah. the Cavs are still running a six man rotation with you know Dean Wade giving them positive contributions, Chetty Osman playing like a incredibly efficient basketball off the bench. Yeah. And then, you know, JaVale McGee, who would probably start at the five for, you know, a quarter of the teams in the league and started at the five for a championship team last year. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of a split starter, but. Just the Swiss Army knife kind of yeah. aspect of the team is just insane this year. And it's, you know, we don't have a superstar like, you know, LeBron or, you know, Harden or. Well, I'm I mean, going to disagree love, with that. Love can be, and and Drummond can be. I think. Yeah, and no, and star, at times, like, superstar. Like, but I'm going to say that like, Drummond so far in these three games has played like a superstar. Um, at least an all star. I mean, he's a, yeah. he's a double double machine, but he's what is he averaging like 25 and 12 or 13 right now? So, yeah. I mean, those are those are significant numbers if he's putting I mean, those up on a regular basis. But well, and like I said last he, night, the the, yeah. the frustrating part about him is like, I mean, look, he could be Shaq if he wanted to. Like, if he if he develops some moves around the basket, he just you know he just he's got for as good of as his defensive hands are his offensive hands are are typically you know like like just stone they're stony but tonight they were much better i mean yeah he, he was really good tonight and but he was going more for dunks and tippins tonight than he was yeah. actual shots like he still took a couple of like baby hooks that were that wildly missed so he just i don't know he just seems very like for a guy that's been in the league for what 8 years now like he seems awfully unrefined when it comes to post moves. Well, I'm, I'm going I'm to disagree with you for a minute and go on a little bit of a diatribe in not a diatribe, but but a monologue and just say that when he gets the ball in the low post and he decides he's going to get a shoulder into somebody. I don't know if there's anybody in the league that's big enough to stop him anymore, except maybe, you know, Paul Gasol or Marcus all, uh, you know, Oh, Embiid can. Well, healthy. okay, yeah. I mean, but the the list of guys, but he seems even bigger and even stronger than he has in the past. And one of the things that you saw tonight was his gravity in the pick and roll because teams are so scared of him getting that ball with, you know, one-on-one coverage down the low post in the pick and roll that he was getting Garland and Sexton wide open at, and Chetty wide open layups just by being the role man and you know I, I, those guys I agree hesitating. With that. 
you're you're not i'm not but you're not you're you're not disproving what i'm talking about which is when he goes one-on-one and and has his has his post moves he's awful he doesn't have any touch when it comes to if he if he's not you try if he's not he doesn't use the glass much at all when he does use the glass it usually goes in when he and where or, or he just turns and dunks you know or or you know rolls to the rim and you know and 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 is just uh is just the runner to finish it but if you've got if he's cuz he's got that like weird point guard mentality sometimes where he thinks he's a ball handler and then that's usually when he gets stripped cuz yeah. he brings the ball down too low which is something that TT used to do yeah. or or he's trying to make this sort of like you know the kind of like flip shots or you know short short baby hooks or jumpers and and they just do. I don't know. They they oftentimes, more often than not, either miss complete everything completely or or draw iron because, you know, I mean, it's just it's just an inefficient way to play as a big man down low like that. And yeah. he well, really should be say, trying to go for as many dunks and 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 layups as he can. I would think. But. Yeah, I will say he was better tonight. Eleven of eighteen from the floor. Um, twenty four points. 14 rebounds, three assists, three steals, two blocks in 27 minutes. And the other reason I think he's been, you know, playing like a superstar is defensively he's been unbelievable so far. Yes. Defensively um, he's locked in. I and they have funneled players to him really well, him and Nance, and they're just snuffing people out. I mean, they're just he he's been phenomenal, I think, so far, and I've really been impressed with him. Um, you know, I think you and I disagree a little bit on on what he can do offensively, but I'm not. Um, oh, I think he could do a lot more. I'm not. Yeah. Dis- I'm. I think he's. I think he he is an all star. Yeah, no question. But yeah, I think great. he could be. But I think he could be a superstar if he just spent a summer. Like he he remember that one summer? I think two two three years ago where he. He went from being an a, an abject, abysmal free throw shooter to a eh, 50, 50 to sixty percent free throw shooter. Yeah, like he worked on he and he said he worked all summer on it and changed his 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 you know his motion a little bit and it worked right. If he spent a summer working with, at a big man's camp or working with like Hakeem Olajuwon or someone like that, where it's just work on post moves, just work on your you know on on developing like one shot that you is your go-to shot that you can always get your your sky hook or your you know your baby hook or you know your your you know five to seven foot uh you know jump jump pop or whatever just something something that to, to just really focus on and broaden and get the game a little bit i, I he could be a superstar I, i'm not disagreeing with you, you. Do- I think the other thing that I I mentioned on Twitter the other day, he almost reminds me of, and he is in this level of athlete because I don't know if anybody ever was, but he almost reminds me of Wilt in that one of Wilt's biggest problems was that he got bored being so much more physically imposing than everybody, and he tried to play one guard, and he tried to do all these goofy little things, you know, and I he get you can tell Drummond like. Last night against Detroit, spent three and a half quarters screwing around, and then just okay, I'm going to do what I'm good at. For uh, I see, I don't see, I don't agree with that. I think he was, I think he was amped up early, and he was forcing it. He was trying to get. I mean, yeah. he missed a he missed a wide open dunk. Like he he was just 
I think, I, he, I think was he was trying too hard. I, mean, I think he was trying too hard to go back to his old team and show them, like, this is why you shouldn't have traded yeah. me away. I'm going to dunk on you. Big, man. I think the biggest thing is, kind of goes back to G's uh, recap, is Drummond Which is great, great when he remembers who he is. Thanks. Yeah. Yes, I thought it was quite good, except the snare drum. But other than that, it was great. <laughs> yeah, you corrected me on that. I got Sorry, it. Sorry, I had to be a jerk. Uh, but, no, but I think you were spot on with Drummond. It's when he remembers. Hey man, you try writing. You try writing one something at four in the morning. That's all right. Oh my god. I actually, usually when I do it because I'm a procrastinator, but I, I do get your point. Trust me. <laughs> No, seriously, though, I think you were dead on. It's just he needs to remember this is what I am and these are the things I do. And when he tries to be like, well, maybe I can do this, that's when he has those moments where it looks like he's checked out or like he's not engaged. It's just because he's not relying on the things he's good at. And he's good at enough things that he doesn't have to try to step out of his lane. But the NBA is so you know centric around centers need to do all this other crap. That I think I, I feel like I, I, it's, yeah. I, I agree style. with you. I agree with you. But I also think, look, we're all human, right? When we're around, yeah. when we're on a team, or, or you know, where where we don't see the we don't see the big picture, you know, you, you tend to get. I mean, look, he was he's been on pretty bad Detroit teams for a while. Gets traded to a Cavs team, which is not markedly better. Uh, but then JB Bickerstaff comes in, takes over. It was a pretty pretty solid, you know, last few games. I mean, it only lasted what six games or, or whatever it was, but um, five or six games. But yeah, but but ultimately, when you you look at that and you and you and you know, I mean, it's been been a long layoff. These guys are hungry coming back here, and it really sounds. I mean, listening to Drummond post game tonight. I mean, first of all, I, I'm I've always been impressed by Drummond with how. I think how um, articulate he is about, you know, about things after games and, you know, whether it was with the Pistons or in his college days, like he just, uh, he, he strikes me as a, as a very intelligent guy, a little bit of um, like Miles Garrett almost for, you know, for, for the Cavs, but, or well, Miles Garrett for the Browns, but, um, but there's something, there's something really, I don't know. I mean, he, he really seems bought in. He, he seems to really enjoy these younger guys that he's around now. And I think he sees the potential and I think he's got, you know, he's got some veteran leadership that he can, you know, lean on with, with Kevin and, and Delhi and, Larry and, uh, and even yeah, Larry and even and and Jetty to some point too. Yeah. And JaVale too. Yeah. I mean, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't long ago that, well, probably a lot long ago now that we were, you know, Javel McGee was the poster boy for for Shaq's uh, Shaq and a Fool um, series. But, um, you know, and he had some boneheaded plays tonight too. But he had some really good ones that that uh, that counterbalanced those. So yeah, he's been he just a seems much like he's better fun out there than I realized. Oh, he he developed that with LeBron last the last couple of years and with in, Golden in State, LA. But yeah, yeah, Golden State too. But like you could really see last year, like that. I mean, that was a system built on you know, on just moving the ball. So, yeah. Um, well, you know, when LeBron wasn't going one-on-one, but, um, <laughs> but, really, uh, I about Drummond, I, I definitely am not being down on him. And one of the things I agree with kind of your thread is he just has a really genuine joy for the game. Sure. I mean, just look at the guy's smile. It's, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast I did. I mean, he doesn't just put on a happy face. Like when things are going well, he expresses true joy. And yeah, Obviously, I don't have a problem with the guy. He was my number one draft pick today. 
And I think he's going to put up <laughs> stats that are going to completely justify it all year. So I definitely sure. wasn't being down on him. I, I no, just he, he stuffs the stats. Yeah. No, I, I know that. I just meant I just yeah. meant I was qualifying it by saying we're all human, and when we're on losing teams or in a in a bad situation, uh, it can wear on you. I mean, yeah, and some it, it people are more everybody. susceptible to that than others, for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. But and, look, he seems he seems bought in. I guess the bigger question going forward is, do they if the Cavs look like this or at least some reasonable facsimile of this you know you start to get you start to get a month two months into the season and things are looking a little different when do you start having do you start having extension conversations well i think they had extension conversations in the off season and i'm not they didn't really go anywhere right yeah and i i think they they didn't really get close to his price and if he keeps playing like this, his price is going to keep going up. I mean, um, he he's definitely been awesome this year so far. So, yeah, I, I, and I'm not a hundred percent sure what the rule on extensions is if they can sign him to one at any time. Um, I know with I don't know with, I, with this on, such a weird such a weird year. Yeah, like who knows? I, I I think that's probably a question for Cavs media. Um, right, uh, because I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure because I know with with rookies getting their first extension, it's you know before the regular season starts. But yeah, now what I were you saying, that... Ryan? What were you saying about the contract? Oh, I I was I'm not entirely sure what it is, but I think the Cavs have the first option of giving him an extension. Uh, I, I know they've had some negotiations with him, and it just kind of was. Uh, up in the air and they weren't sure uh obviously he probably wanted more than the Cavs were ready to give especially with this kind of weird year uh, all right well what would you what would you guys do let's play that game <laughs> it, give it a give it a month or two is kind of as nate was saying if the Cavs are a winning team i'd give him the damn extension because i mean we have the cap right but what would you give him would you would you go would you try to would you try to lock him up long term do like a five-year Take him through his like year thirty two, thirty three, or would you just try to do a like a two to three year type deal? Yeah. So Andre Drummond I, is is twenty seven, and he just turned twenty seven in August. Okay. So just to give you some context, I think it really depends. It's if well, I was right. Then it's like a five years, yeah, like a, yeah, oh yeah, like no, I'm just giving years. you context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, the Cavs are not going to be undefeated in two months. I mean, that's absurd. But if they can no, but if play, they're if they're in the top if they're in the top four or five in the East, well, yeah, they, I mean, I, yeah, like a playoff lock, and they continue to play in a way where he looks this integral to the team, is able to distribute to the team, and actually be a real part of the team, not just a good player on the team. Yeah, I'd I'd lock him up long term. I mean, I, he's not he's not Kevin Love, where he's like you know he's on the wrong side of thirty, right? Right. Right, and it's in Cleveland's not exactly an easy place to lock down free agents. You know, we're going to have bird rights on all of our best players, pretty much. Uh, so it's not like we even have to really worry about cap space for the people we have. So I, I don't see us having a better option. It's again, as long as the team's able to function the way they have, it's I, I will definitely take his foibles. Um, again, it, if it continues in some kind of vision of the way it's been so far. Yeah. I, again, right. He has such a great attitude that matters so much more than people take it, than people give credit for. It's, you know, if he makes a few mistakes, fine. But if he's someone that is going to come into the locker room and come to the game every day and make people 
buy-in, that's that's worth a lot of money. I, I'm with you. I, I I think it really is a wait and see for the Cavs because they got to figure out if this is real um, and if it's sustainable. I think the other problem is right, right now, but they were having they were having extension conversations. Oh no, no, they were having I know, extension but, conversations within the summer. Right. Like what, but what's changed now other than other than he's worth more than what they talked I, about in the summer? If he's playing like this, he's worth a lot more is the issue. I mean, you look right. at a guy like Rudy Gobert that literally just signed a $210 million contract. Um, right. You're, you're not doing that. Well, you're not doing yeah, that. But if he's playing like this, he's putting up Rudy Gobert numbers. So yeah, guys that the league in rebounds almost always is in the top five or ten in blocks and steals. And is scoring twenty points a night for you, like you yeah, that's that's tough. Not want to keep that, and yeah. he has a good attitude. Well, no, like, I'm I'm not saying that, but are you paying him forty million dollars a year? That's a lot of money when you're already paying Kevin Love thirty million dollars a year. I think it, and I well, I can't keeps dropping every year. I'm sorry, Love's contract keeps dropping every year. He's down, yeah, to like but not by much. Next. It's still thirty million dollars a year. Well, I think it's like 27 next year and then like 25 the year after, something um, like that. I'm not sure. Still a lot. I've, I've literally got it up here, so, or I had it but up I know here. It's contract uh, be team-friendly. Well, it's, it's, it's not that team-friendly, Un- unfortunately. I think it drops to 31 next season, and then it drops to 29 the season after that. So it's it, it's still Maybe pretty untradeable. Um, the problem is... Yeah, and that there's a huge Kevin Love question right now is can Kevin Love come back and be a guy that can give you something, you know, as a productive player? And one of the things, I mean, you saw Larry Nance starting tonight. Larry Nance deserves to start. He's a really good player. The problem is, is they got a guy that they owe $90 million to starting at the four, which is kind of Larry's natural position. And right. Although I like seeing him at the three. Oh, I, yeah, I do too. And I think that's one of the great things about Larry is that he is such a glue guy that he can come off the bench and play all three of those positions. It's, it's really nice. But if you're going to pay, you know, 60 to 70 million for your starting center and your starting small forward or your starting power forward, that's a lot of money that is eating up your salary cap, especially when Colin Sexton's due for contract extension next year. Chetty's going to be due for a, another contract in, I think, another year. I think. No, Chetty's locked up for like three more years. Well, let me let me look. They extended him last year. Oh, okay. That's kind of where I'm saying where if Drummond plays like Drummond, if Love plays like average Love, yeah, I guess he is. is wow, Chetty is. Ant's not locked up for four years. I think we have Jetty locked up for three or four years. Yeah, they have Jetty for three more four years, and that deal is an absolute bargain from the for the way that Jetty's playing right now. Right, so. and then we have you know Sexton. We can bird rights into uh, over the salary cap if we need to. Uh, Garland KPJ we got for you know three four years. And Okoro, we have for four or five years. Like, yeah, no, I mean it. It looks good for sure. I I think if he keeps playing like this, you probably pay him. Um, if the Cavs are playing like this, you probably pay him. I don't. I hope we can have that conversation in a month. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Absolutely. And no, yeah, look, it's right a good problem to have for yeah. sure. Yeah, and We're I think the wait continues, but obviously small, really small sample size. But Jesus, like, did yeah. any of us see this coming? <laughs> no, I don't think so. And the other side of this is, if it doesn't feel like he's going to stick around or sign another contract, then you have the option of trading a guy that's playing at that level and getting a really good return for him. So it's a double asset because he's playing that well and he's an expiring. So any team that wants to dump salary can do that as well. So it's, I mean, he has no birth to the team whatsoever. Yeah. Although I got to think if he's playing that well, a team that is going to trade from is going to want him as well. But who knows? Great. But my point is, even if stuff goes south, it's no matter what, he's an asset. Uh, But I was saying to my parents today after watching the game with them, the crazy thing about the first three games for the Cavs is they're playing like the optimistic fan thinks that every team will play at the beginning of the season. We're like, well, this guy could do this and this guy could get better. Yeah. If everything falls into place. Yeah. Right. And it's really weird. It's, and and I think that might be the, uh, might be the subtitle of this pod is best case scenario. (laughs) I think that is kind of perfect because it's, literally been that and i mean garland just getting his hands on all over the place i'm re-watching the game as we talk and you know just he's making deflections all over the place and it's like garland is actually being helpful on defense i mean he still has his flaws but jesus no yeah he's been of- really good his defensive hands have been really good i mean he had a deflection in the end of that detroit game um and that detroit game was pretty amazing because it was literally one of those games where 10 things had to happen for them to win or even be in a position to win. And they all happened, (laughs) you know, kind of like the best scenario. Yeah. Also, they had Derek Rose helping them out. (laughs) That's also true. Yeah. (laughs) Derek Rose was not good at the end of that game. And Blake Griffin was content to be Kevin Love that game. Well, he can't move. He can't move anymore. I mean, you look at him, he can't, I mean, they, they said it on the, on the broadcast a couple of times. Like he just, he just didn't even, he doesn't even try to put the ball on the floor. He just doesn't have the, the lateral speed anymore with yeah. the, with all the injuries. So, but heck, you know what, there's an example of a guy who said, all right, I, I can't do these things anymore, but I'm just going to work really hard on my three point game. He was like, he was eight of nine in the first half. Oh yeah. And From the Cavs had to like crazy. commit two guys to him at times. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Not the and, and he was making some tough shots. Like he yeah. made that one, like couple of those, like nine one one, you know, prayers that went in too. Like <laughs> yeah, he, the one where, yeah, where he ducked under the block, and yeah. and yeah. And this is a guy who's you know used to be as Tom Pestek once like uh, greatly said the the guy that where he's like holding the holding the uh the holding the the x button down too long when he jumps you know <laughs> like to, and, you know and they're sort of like shooting on the way back down and yeah yeah he's clearly worked on his on his shooting stroke and I mean, he's kind of a dead eye now from out there so and it wasn't just against the Cavs like he's been doing that all year yeah he's someone that he found a way to make his career work even when he lost certain steps in it yeah I mean, you got you got to adjust. Even Michael Jordan developed a three point shot towards you know as his career wore on. So, you know, I mean, conversation I was having with my dad during the game, literally, where he was like said the same thing about Jordan. Yeah, 
But it's true. Like guys, guys, the smart guys realize, hey, if I want to extend my career, I have to do certain things. I mean, look at Le- I mean, LeBron's done the same thing. Like for years, they talked about how if he would just play more in the post, he could be a monster. And you know, he started doing that a little bit in Cleveland, and then he did it a lot more when he went back to L.A. So, well, and, and look you know, at Javale McGee, three point assassin. Totally. <laughs> all these guys, all these big guys shooting threes. I mean, that was yeah. nothing that any of them were doing. And now it's like, well, that's the way of the NBA. Like it's dunks, dunks and, and triples, right? Yeah. I mean, what was it? They the mid, said the mid range game is gone. So he averaged a three pointer a season and he already yeah. has two this year and two games. Yeah. Or three games. Yeah, yeah, no, he only had, he only had five coming into this wow, year and now he's got insane. two and two games. Yeah. And he, and, he, and he even shot a heat check tonight. And and the one he had one of, against Detroit was like absolutely critical. Oh yeah, yeah, that was huge. Wasn't that and in the first that, overtime? It was one of four players on the team that shot fifty percent or better from three. So, <laughs> yeah. wasn't that from? Wasn't that in the first overtime when they were trying to come back? Like they'd gotten way down. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I thought it was the end of the fourth quarter when we were coming back, but yeah, one or the could other could be right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was such. Yeah, a weird... the love, the love one was in the overtime. Yeah, you're right. It was such a weird comeback too because they kept feeding Drummond in the post, and you didn't think it was going to work. And then, like you said, he went five or six down the stretch from the line, and yeah, uh, it worked. <laughs> yeah, and then Okoro gets injured, and Jetty comes yeah. in and just immediately drains another dagger. Oh yeah, after sitting since midway through the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. it's I you know all of us talked about last year how his shooting form started to look like Corfers. I mean, you could watch videos where they were almost the exact same form. But you know, man, I miss La Flama Blanca. <laughs> Yeah, have you have you seen Dylan Windler shoot? He shoots like a lefty Laflama Blanca. Does he? No, I haven't seen. I only saw like the one shot that he took before he broke his hand. So, yeah, but I mean, yeah, Chetty has been a you know a flamethrower so far in the. Oh, I know his stroke looks pure, man. It's, he it is, really he looks is good. nine of seventeen so far. His form. I saw the one like replay of one of the corner threes, and he has so few moving parts in his yeah. shot. I mean, like, he has his elbow out and his arm going forward, and, like, he just barely moves his right arm to shoot the ball. Everything else is just square and solid. And it's, as I was starting to say, it's like when you switch your shooting form, sometimes you up. It's, you know, Kelly had that with his, and uh, you know, over the summer the other year and then in the Olympics and then where he went cold for a really long time. So you got to deal with it. But I got to say, I got to imagine with the pandemic, Jetty was just sitting in a gym, like shooting that same shot over and over. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, he's really to fast it. too. I mean, yeah, that's the gotten, thing the Cavs have yeah. this year that yeah. they haven't had in spades is just speed. Like a lot of these guys are really fast and they really have quick hands on defense too. So yeah. And they're and, six, seven, eight. Yeah. The other thing that Chetty's been doing unbelievably well is moving without the ball to position Absolutely. himself for three point shots. And he's kind of, he's doing the thing that Curry. Yeah, shots. Sorry, that that Curry Sorry, does so well is where he sh- he will get to the wing, and then he will cut to you know he will make that diagonal cut and then race straight out to the other court to the opposite corner. Um, he had the one tonight where he made that great play where he got a shot blocked. Nance got the rebound and he just immediately repositioned himself in the left corner for an open three, and he did it the night before. Um. 
was was very similar to the shot that he hit in the second overtime to pretty much ice the game for Cleveland. So, yeah, his his movement without the ball has been really impressive. I think a big part of that is JB. Oh, absolutely. Jenny's always been a good slasher. I mean, even year one. That's why LeBron liked him so much, because he could slash and cut well, and he could find him for it. But then when we had D-line, he just kind of removed Jetty from the offense, and I think, you know, Jetty eventually got to the point where he's like, well, okay, I'll stand in the corner, and that's all he was doing. But the way the offense is running now, Jetty's being given opportunities, so he has a reason to cut. And I agree, he's done a wonderful job with it. I mean, this year he looks like what I in my mind he was well know, and part ago. of part of cutting is knowing that you've got somebody can get you the ball and Gar- garland has been a revelation this year with the way he's been able to to get penetration and to find the right passes to make he's made some terrific no look passes and sex has passed a lot more this year than he than he had before too plus you've got big men who are just they're all really good facilitators. I mean, Drummond usually has a few assists per game. Nance does. Love does when he plays. I mean, they and, J- and JaVale passes the ball. I mean, they're all, I think every Cav, all but, um, I mean, every every Cav that played meaningful minutes tonight had had at least one assist. So. Only Dean Wade had zero assists um, and every single other player. And he played 14 minutes and every other player had an assist tonight. So, yeah. And, well, it was a game like the game yesterday where every starter had at least four assists and what was Drummond was the only one that only had four. Yeah, and well, and, had five or more. and and the other thing that happened tonight, um, and they, they had 22 turnovers on the game, but a lot of them came late when the game was kind of out of reach. Um, they were only four at the half, weren't they? Yeah, they, they had a lot of late turnovers, but they were... Yeah. Not turn it over, and you know Drummond. We've seen him kind of try and force some passes that aren't there at times, but his his passing has gotten better as as the season has gone on. And and like you pointed out, which I think is going to be really fun, Darius Garland just throwing around assists like like a Pez dispenser. Uh, he yeah, man, his Sweet passing's candy. been been just phenomenal. He's seen, and yeah, yeah like you said, it's it's a real testament to. Like, did you see that drop pass that he made to? Um, oh God, was it Larry trailing? It was, yeah, it was Larry. Yeah, but there was a. It was not tonight, but the but last night uh, in the Detroit game, he just had that oh, drop pass. Jetty cutting uh, from the right. Yeah, wing. the Jetty. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just perfect. Yeah, perfect. Well, and tonight that the play of the game was the one where you know Drummond got the steal, motored up the left sideline. Oh yeah, hit yeah. hit uh, Garland, Garland cutting, and then behind Garland the back, yeah. did the behind the back to Nance. But what was so great about that behind the back play is he took the the defender out of the play by just going into him, right? And, where Garland just screened him off and just gave him a complete- yeah. yeah and Nance dunk. had a dunk. Yeah, it was it, that's a vet move right there. Yeah, it was super nice, and yeah, uh, it's exciting to see. It's exciting. Yeah, that was that was the play of the game. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, they're, I mean they're they're a super fun team, and and Garland I love tonight because he had fourteen points and seven dimes, two steals, and his shot wasn't falling from deep, and he just went inside and made about four straight you know shots at the basket between teardrops or layups. Um, it, it's yeah. just. 
He's so much smarter and so much quicker and so much more decisive than he was last year. It's it's light years better than he was the year before. Yeah. I mean, look, they're not going to sneak up on everybody. I mean, they they snuck up on Philly a little bit tonight and kind of caught Philly a a bit flat footed and without and without uh, Embiid. You know, they they struggled a little bit with with the Knicks in the preseason, but that's preseason. So, yeah, you know, I got the Knicks on Tuesday. And it gets a little tougher. They got to go to Atlanta. They got to go to Indiana. Yeah, I'm excited um, to see that Atlanta matchup. Two games, weirdly, with a day in between, both in Orlando <laughs> in January. Yeah. Uh, well, they're doing you know, that more this year because they're trying to, you know, limit the travel. So they're 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 kind of what they call them right. mini mini bubbles. <laughs> I'll just be interested to see how they do against. Um, you know, against some better backcourt players. I mean, yeah. obviously Philly doesn't really have a lot, you know, I mean, they got, they got younger guys with like Shake Milton and, you know, guys that are maybe towards the end, like Danny Green. And, uh, and Seth Curry, I think they're starting Seth Curry players. is kind of hit, you know, he's hot and cold. So yeah, he's not going to be, he's not a great defender. So yeah, I mean, the Knicks don't really have anybody to be too scared of. Um, I mean, unless you have like RJ Barrett go off or something like that, but then, yeah, then Indy gets a little tougher, uh, but that's more defensively, you know. But then you got to try to find a way to guard Trey Young against Atlanta, you know, and and like John Morant, and when you get to Memphis, so you know, it's going to be a fun yeah, I think stretch. Memphis will, be, Memphis will be more difficult because, well, it's obviously it was preseason, but they obviously proved they can uh, put up good numbers against Indiana. Uh, but yeah, it's it, we're going to have different types of challenges. Uh, you know, sure. we'll have to see what we can do to stop Trey Young, but at the same point, Trey Young's not going to be able to do much to stop the backcourt we have. And if they keep cooking like they have been, you know, we're going to have to be more worried just about uh, more defensive stopper teams. Sure. Uh, yeah. But, you know, they'll run into stretches like the, you know, towards the end of January where they got to do back to back with Brooklyn and then at Boston and at the Lakers. You know, I mean, that's a. You yeah, know, that's, that's going to be when we really could be, see if this is That real. could be four straight losses right there. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it progresses and where they go. I know we're sort of speaking in hyperboles with, you know, with <laughs> yeah. uh, three, three and oh, I mean, they're not going to go 72 and oh, which sounds <laughs> weird to say, but, um, <laughs> you know, but, but it, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, look, honestly, these days. That's that's the I mean that's that's a great ask being able to have just a, an NBA team that's fun to watch that on and, any on yeah. any given night can can give a team a really good game and and have a decent chance to win. Yeah, and they're playing for each other. Not a lot of egos. It feels like yeah. Um, yeah, and it seems like they actually like each other. There's yeah. nobody I I look at the roster right now, and there's nobody I look at and say. Uh, do I have to see that guy play? Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no, there's no, no like, yeah. I mean, and I know people felt that way about Jordan Clarkson. I never did, but, you know, but, but people had a love hate relationship with, with Captain Band Aid. And, you know, it's so we've, funny we've because had... he really turned his career around in Cleveland, I thought. He did. And look at, I, think... I mean, he's, he's the, he's a, a super sub off the bench for, for the Jazz. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he... he's fantastic. And he's actually one of my favorite guys to watch now. And he kind of drove me nuts with the Cavs at times, and I he he really sure. improved. But 
Yeah, but there's no like you know, there's we don't have the Derek Rose or, or Marquise uh, yeah, Isaiah Thomas. Keish. Yeah, Mar- <laughs> Keish. I unfortunately he broke his ankle tonight and is out for yeah, the rest out of the, the year, season. So. Yeah, I feel bad for him. No, now they said Carl Anthony Towns dislocated his his wrist, wrist. but yeah, he's only watched- out for like a week. And I'm like, that can't be right. Well, I watched the game last night and he actually came back in after he did it. Did he really? Which was crazy oh, and I was like, why? He literally <laughs> fell on it. It looked horrible. He went to the locker room and came back. And I was like, wow, that's that's gutsy. And yeah. Do you feel bad for my friend in uh, draft? He uh, was at work and accidentally <laughs> auto-drafted Towns. Yeah, and he won pick ahead of me, and I was going to take him. Cause, <laughs> and I watched the play last night, and I didn't hear that he'd been set out. I was like, oh, he came back. He must be okay. And then... They took him one peg ahead of me, and I took Beal. So, worked out for me. You should get away from getting mileage, the line, and I was 11. I, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> well, either way, I mean, you know, look, it should be. I'm, I guess my point is, there's there's nobody on the team right now that I would look up and no, down. No, they're all fun say, to root for. Oh, I don't know if I. Yeah, I'm not really happy watching this guy try to figure it out. Like, <laughs> they all seem good. Like, Damian Dotson feels like a sneaky good pickup. You know, for a, a third guard off the bench, um, you know, shot happy where sometimes he doesn't look to other people, but his shot's good enough that it doesn't piss me yeah. off. Yeah. And I thought Dante Exum was going to be the like, again, I didn't really dislike him, but I thought he was going to be kind of the well, he's just that guy that's in right now. But he's then, only 25, right? Like, he's still a young yeah. guy. Well, in yeah. training camp, and then now it's like, oh, he's a legit asset to the team. And that still he had uh, was in the fourth quarter or whatever, uh, or was in the backcourt, and he just put his, or we just put his arm up and kind of just grabbed it out of nowhere, and he just got an easy basket out of it. And no. It's like, it was, that was really good instincts. No, Exum honestly reminds me of, and, and, the last podcast, uh, Ben Worth and I were talking about this. Exum reminds me a lot of the Sean Livingston on the Warriors role. Yeah. Where he's yeah, that long guard. That. He can post on the mid post. He just kind of knows how to facilitate, knows how to do all the little things well. Not a great shooter, but at least knows his limitations to know he should, when he should and shouldn't fire from three. Um, he's a better three point shooter than Livingston. He's just well, got yeah. a little less length than him. He's, and yeah. And he's probably a better defender than Livingston was, but as Ben noted, Livingston had that unblockable turnaround J from the elbow that just nobody seemed to be able yeah. to do anything with. And it was yeah, irritating when you played against him. <laughs> it really was irritating, but yeah, no, I see a lot of that in his game. Yeah, there's there's a lot of those guys. I mean, the other thing is is like you said, Colin Sexton, while he had his moments of frustration tonight, they come fewer and further between. And boy, he has just really good scoring instincts of oh, yeah. knowing and he when. Like he's the glass. Yeah, and the other thing I love about him is he knows when the other team is team is tired and doesn't want to guard him. And you saw him do that a lot against Detroit. You got the feeling they really annoyed Detroit by giving a crap. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other thing that you're seeing a lot is the Cavs you know, second unit, that one that starts the second quarter is blowing teams out because the teams that they're playing against, their bench units are not ready for it. Like yeah. they are just exploding on teams in the second quarter. And there was one thing about Jetty about, I mean, it's probably being overly ambitious, 
but calling him possible six-man-of-the-year candidate just because all the stuff he's been able to do with the team now yeah, because how JP is using him, and it's suddenly he's not playing against the best player on the other team, and usually the best player is a wing, and he's instead now Jetty's a 3-2 playing against other 3-2s off the bench, but then you have Nance coming off the bench typically, who's also should be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Yeah. It's, yeah, other benches are going to be in trouble with the Cavs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Nance, you're really seeing Chetty kind of take that Spurs, uh, you know, Nicola, not Nicola, who was who was the goat herder that played for the Spurs that was such a good shooter for all those years? Is that a racial slur? No. Manu Ginobili? No, not Ginobili. The, uh, oh, God, now it's going to drive me nuts. Uh, I can't remember his name. Um he was in the three-point contest, and he had this. Me and Mallory were joking that he looked like an Italian goat herder. He was. <laughs> anyway. And you sure it's Manu Ginobili? No, because no, because Ginobili wasn't herder? Italian. <laughs> I know. Okay, now I got it. Now I got to look it up. No, it's, it's Bellinelli. Bellinelli, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he oh, kind of yeah. got that Bellinelli game right now. Um, of a guy who can handle it a little, shoot a lot. Not a great defender, but a good enough defender. Uh, it was especially really interesting to see what they... Are limited. I'm sorry? I was going to say, especially when his minutes are limited. When Jetty's not playing 35 minutes a game, he's able to do that like all-out crazy, I really care defense. Yeah. And it's even if he, his instincts aren't perfect, it's like we saw in his first season, where everyone thought he was a pretty good defender just because he just worked his butt off. How yeah. much do you guys think that uh, a lack of a true preseason or sort of, you know, cut down training camp combined with teams just being fatigued from having gone through the bubble um, benefits the, the Cavs and maybe some of the other teams like maybe the Hawks or, you know, teams that are close to the top right now in terms of, um, you know, just no, after that's the first a really few good games. Because I mean, I just wonder about that yeah. too. Like, are we are we overestimating how good the Cavs are doing? Not just because of competition, but also because you know teams are tired. Or teams haven't really had much time to kind of get together and gel. No one's really taking it seriously until we until the calendar turns twenty twenty one. You know, this is almost sort of an extended, you know, sort of feel out process. Maybe guys still working their way back in shape, or or just trying to you know recover from having played you know, pretty intense basketball up until about really what, six, six or eight weeks ago. Right. Well, and so some of these guys are still recovering from COVID, you know, <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. I, I, I think it's definitely, um, a factor. The other factor is that a Cavs actually have a lot of continuity on their roster from last year. Yeah. So they're not all le- I mean, the only new guys are really JaVale and Okoro. Um, right. And that helps them a ton where a lot of these other teams that like Detroit are all, it's an all new lineup for them. Cavs it's a whole much, new team. Like I, yeah. like I wrote, like there's only four guys left from when Drummond was there. So yeah, exactly. So it's, that's definitely an issue. And I think that, that the Cavs kind of being chomping at the bit is, is certainly an issue. I mean, you, you saw, I, I don't think anybody has any doubts that fatigue and, uh, you know, weariness uh, contributed to the Cavs' wins against Detroit and against Philadelphia. So, yeah, I think that's a great call-out and a great point. 
Um, See, I think it's kind of a phantom argument. I mean, I understand it, um, but you can make the exact opposite argument at the same point. It's, you know, you have the Cavs haven't been able to, you know, until their mini bubble, they weren't even able to play basketball for what, six months. And then, you know, they just had their mini bubble. They, you know, had no real uh, ability to establish continuity. They had a bunch of young guys where the experience is really important. And then, you know, you can easily argue, well, these other teams, you could say that their camp was the fact that they just had the playoffs a few months ago. So at least they were able to develop some continuity before that. And it's not like the camp, uh, you know, time was particularly different for the Cavs or anything. And, yeah, the Cavs do have some continuity, which helps. But, I mean, as you said, they have JaVale. Uh, they're running a different type of team because they had just gotten a new coach before the shutdown, just started to find a rhythm and then had to go their own ways. So it's – Well, I, I, think, I the, think the proof may be in the it, – But it's one of those things where – there's value to any argument. Yeah, but, I think the proof oh, is. By in the way, pit. I'm not arguing it. I'm just, I'm yeah. just bringing yeah. it up as a, as a, as a potential factor. Yeah. Something that, you know, I the, the 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 answer is I don't know. I'm just that's why yeah. I'm throwing it out there. Like, yeah, the proof is, is, is there. In the is there part sure. of that, part of that equation where, you know, look, oh, know. if if, if I just got done playing, you know, if I was on the Lakers or the or the Bucks or you know or the Heat or something like that, <laughs> I'm like. Like man, I just got done playing, you know, what three, two, two and a half months in a bubble. I I need a break. I don't need to start playing again, you know, in six weeks. Like I I I'm okay to. I mean, there's that there was that whole argument that the the players' association made with not wanting to start that soon, and the NBA came back and said, well, then we're not going to be able to have. We're gonna to have to have like a sixty-game season then, and you guys are yeah, gonna have to prorate, prorate and take less. Where at seventy-two, at least, I think there's a, a, you know, there was a significant, you know, amount of the of their salaries they were gonna be able to to hang on to. So, yeah. you know, sort of a win-win, and I think that's part of why that and the COVID protocols are why they they only did the announced like thirty-eight games or whatever, you know, the thirty-six game schedule right. for the first half. So. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm not saying it's a dumb thing to mention, and obviously dozens of people have mentioned the exact same thing, and there's definitely logic to it. I, I'm just arguing that it doesn't hold as much water as, you know, as other arguments do necessarily. It's, well, I think you know, it totally it, holds sure water, but I think that what, what is apparent with the Cavs is that, you know, J.B. Bickerstaff and the Cavs org has done a phenomenal job of getting these guys prepared to play because they look well coached. They are running and sets. Them well yeah. This is people. They're running sets that make sense for the personnel they have. Um, they're running offense that is really fun to watch. Um, I think as teams scout their offense, it's going to be a little harder to for them to execute, and they're going to have to go to their secondary actions. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when when that happens. But you know, everybody's praising JB Bickerstaff and the coaching staff, and they absolutely should because you know the opposite could have happened where they look terrible, they look completely out of sync, and that didn't happen. So you know, it, it probably is a little bit of everything, but. 
three and zero, and they look really good. So you've got to give hey, it's, Bickerstaff it's, all the credit in the world. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's the best alternative that we've got. I mean, yeah. You could imagine as as a Cavs fan that you know you've got a team that's un, <laughs> so far undefeated through three games that is fun to watch that that works really hard and yeah. and you've got a coach that that seems you know that that seems to have a plan for what he wants to see out of these guys and an expectation um you know with a with a a, a pretty even keeled personality so you know he doesn't seem like a yeller he seems like a like a, a teacher and a, a kind of guy that you know guys want to go to war for so yeah i i love the way that he approached the drum and free throw situation is well we want him to have confidence in those situations so i'm not going to sure. go away from him in the second game of the season you know which is great and look he, yeah. and it came through i mean he his yeah. last you know five of six and you know he, he started off kind of rough but you know he still hit i think what like 60 65 percent of his free throws which you know for a big man you, you'll take it yeah well i completely agree with what nate was saying also just and you also said it AG, about uh just the f- way that the team has played that's fun to watch. Because honestly, if somehow the score ended up that we lost the last three games, we'd all still be kind of happy right now. I mean, not as happy as if we'd won, but watching the way they played, if the score had ended up that somehow we lost. I, I, I don't know. I'd have been pretty ticked about that Charlotte game if they'd have blown that lead. <laughs> But you know what I mean in general, yeah. watching yeah. the way they're playing, the way they're playing for each other, the way they're being disruptive on defense, which, again, is my word of the season. Um, what, disruptive or defense? Disruptive. Yeah. Okay. I, I said it like 19 times on the last podcast I did. Oh, right. Yeah, the, the uh, one thing I'm loving is the way they're learning from their mistakes. Like, tonight you saw absolutely. they didn't have those lulls in the third quarter. Yeah, they had the offensive lulls, but they were still defending like crazy. So, you know, and that didn't happen against Detroit and against Charlotte. Um, so it right, was, and they had those yeah. those problems in the third quarter, right? and it's usually that last four minutes where they just seem yeah. to lose focus a little bit, especially if they have a, a decent sized lead. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, and and that's when typically when like. No, because that's usually what the time that Sexton's in there, and he starts <laughs> to freelance a little bit, and you know, one one or two bad one or two bad shots or turnovers, and the team can get right back into the game because this is the NBA. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that that hopefully they're teaching moments early where yeah. they're still winning games that that that's happening in, and you know, and and JB can look at that and you know point these things out to you know to Sexton and. And, you know, and, and tell guys like, look, we, we really got to take care of our business. You know, let's be closers. Let's, let's close out quarters. Let's close out games. And they've done and, a great job of closing out quarters. They really close quarters well against Detroit. Which, oh yeah. Especially the first quarter. And I, again, that's what you could tell. They threw the ball away six times <laughs> in the first, you know, the first eight minutes of the quarter. And then Dante Exum checks in and all of a sudden order is restored. And, you know, they, they wind up, you know, coming back and going on like an 8-0 run and tying it up at 26 at the end of the first quarter. So Yeah, what about yeah. that play at the end of the first half where Derek Rose tried to go one-on-three, just oh, yeah. rim-checked a uh, layup, and then they got two <laughs> points back because he went with like seven seconds left when he yeah. had the whole shot clock. I was like, wow, that was dumb. That was classic oh, Derek Rose. I remember him. It was, it was just like just flashbacks that made me shudder. 
remembering his too time. Soon, in a, too soon. <laughs> it was too soon. It'd be like seeing Isaiah Thomas out there trying to struggling oh, to try gosh. to shoot over people. It was so is, great. Is, guys be, both, is he still in the league? Is he no, playing so at somewhere? the beginning of the season, he was saying how he was fully healthy and had all these people saying that he looks really good. And he's like, he should be in a camp somewhere. And just nobody gave him a sniff. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> How my how the how the well I guess narrative how, is how, how the small have fallen. <laughs> yeah, I can't say mighty. I mean, yeah. No, my but favorite. I I've got a picture fight. of a bro coming out of a uh, out of a get go here with like a Monster Energy drink, and he's all ripped up. He's not wearing a shirt under. And he's got an Isaiah Thomas jersey. <laughs> That I'm just oh, dying. Man. I like literally wait till waited till he was about to get in his car and snapped a picture from the back. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I do feel bad for the guy because he, you know, he he could have really cashed in. He was a he was a half a year away from doing it, and then he you know hurt the hip. And I'm just glad that wasn't the Cavs that had to quote unquote back up the Brinks truck. So yeah. For sure. Yeah. One one of the things I I do have a question for you guys about. So there's a lot of uh, angst, I guess, on on Twitter and and Cavs Twitter in general, and some. There's on, angst some, on Twitter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know the the Cavs are three and zero, which means people are carping more than ever. Um, right. <laughs> Kevin Love. A lot of people really want him gone. And why? My take on Kevin Love is. You're not going to get anything for him until he gets better anyway. So root for him to be better. <laughs> yeah. Don't root. And I thought he had some great moments the other night, but he, he also did. hadn't played a meaningful basketball game in 10 months. So, you know, maybe. Look, anytime maybe Kevin loves slack. out there using his old man slow motion banana <laughs> in the tailpipe move and successfully, you got to you got to dip your hat. Yeah, you do. Yeah, no. Well, I, as I said before about Drummond. What else are we going to do with the money? Well, yeah. that's it's not like true. we're going to, you know, go buy Anthony Davis. You know, yeah. If we're under the cap and he's producing for us and he's a positive influence, I mean, he had his moments last year where he started to be a little bit of a drain. But other than that, it's why are people so damn worried about it? Your best bet is if you're going to use that, you know, that that kind of money. That your best bet is to try to get one of those guys coming off of a. You know that that didn't get extended, you know, and you know, like a a guy in a uh, you know, like the Haywood situation yeah. before he signed with Boston that that year, you know, when the Cavs were kicking the tires on him, or you know, I mean, you, you're those are the kinds of guys you're going to have to Kobe's going to have to be looking at, you know, in addition to continue to build through the draft. So, and they probably got one one more year of a decently you know, decently high pick. And then um, I think don't they have like a good Milwaukee pick in a couple of years. Yeah. yeah well, Milwaukee's it's unprotected, but I guess it doesn't matter now that Giannis resigned, but yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I think that's the one thing that people, you know, have a little bit of angst about is, you know, the Cavs are suddenly competitive in the, in the best draft is coming up, but you know, I, I want to watch meaningful basketball. If there's anything the last year, has taught me is that life is short and that I'm not gonna uh, worry about you know returns in four or five years. I want I I want immediate gratification. <laughs> I'm tired of cognitive dissonance in sports, and basketball has a lot of it. Where you know, 
well, you have to be terrible to get better. And, you know, players can be good (laughs) at drawing fouls where it's like fouls should be, you know, kind of just that's when someone else is breaking the rules. It shouldn't be your strategy of the game. That's the one thing I don't like about the sport is that there's a lot of things that just don't actually track with the idea of you you are incentivizing making the product more unwatchable. Yeah. I mean, look at, I mean, how, how much is it, how, how mad would you be if you were a Philadelphia fan right now where you struggle, you, you, you went through what, three, four, five years of the process, quote unquote, where your team sucked on purpose for just to tank and get draft picks. And then, you know what? What do you have left to show? What do you have left to show for it? You've got you've got Ben you've got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and a team that hasn't gotten at, hasn't gotten out of the the conference semifinals in all this time, and now you got Doc Rivers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you have the Cavs that have been rebuilding for two years and just embarrassed you. <laughs> I mean, granted, without your best player, but still, I mean, I mean, a lot of what they do is built around Embiid's skill set, but. Um, you know, but but still, like they they haven't they haven't exactly they haven't exactly built uh, the way that they that they may they they might have. And um, right. you didn't you know, need to go to state after that long process. Yeah, exactly. Well, and look, Golden State had a ton of luck to get to that moment of time where everything kind of came together, with confluence of events, where you had Steph, who was a late a combination late bloomer and a guy who was hurt early on in his career, you know, who hadn't gotten paid paid. So you you know you had the flexibility to to mess with the cap and you know and and you know and and they really they they hit big on. On Clay and Andre in that same draft. Andre, and then they yeah. were able to swap. You know, they were able to swap out pieces like Harrison Barnes, you know, and and bring in vets like Iguodala and and uh, Livingston, and you know, guys to just kind of keep it going. And um, you know, they 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 built they built something that that where they they had those those opportunities to put it together. But man, if, I I don't know if you watched them at all this year. They're they're awful. Yeah, they're I mean, terrible. And, and you, yeah, when you just see you see Steph's limitations when he doesn't have, you know, two or three other all stars around him. Yeah. Well, the other yeah. thing about because he that can't guard team, anybody for sure. Yeah. The other thing about that team is they fielded an intentionally terrible team last year. The problem is, is they brought back half those guys and they're in the rotation. <laughs> and. They, well, they swapped out D'Angelo Russell for for Andrew Wiggins. So. Yeah, and which was an awful decision. Um, yeah, because D'Angelo can actually score. Yeah, D'Angelo has. I watched him. He was great last night for Minnesota. I mean, he's getting his butt kicked tonight against the Lakers, but I think most. Well, people, that's a, that's he he always he always comes up small against the Lakers because he tries <laughs> too hard. But well, uh, I don't even know why Swaggy P isn't even there anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. Swaggy P still in the league? No, he's been out for a couple no. of years. Long gone. He was on the Lakers last, right? Yeah. I think so. Or maybe he got traded to Washington or something. I I don't know. But yeah. yeah but you think about those guys that like we talk I mean, there were guys that we that we debated about that you know, like that are fringe players now. Like what what happened to I think uh you know, Michael Kidd Gilchrist is out of the league. You know, Otto Porter, like when's the last time you heard of heard from him? Like he's like somewhere in Chicago. He's right? in so, Chicago making almost thirty million dollars a year to be their uh, best player. Yeah. 
somehow Kelly Oubre is now like the like the second highest paid player on the, on the Warriors. you know in the Warriors or, or at least off their bench. So yeah, no, you know, it's 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 a weird it's a weird league. You've got Harden trying to get out of Houston and. You know, I'm just catching up on all this stuff now. Well, and and the crazy so thing long, is, but... is Harden looks like 30 pounds overweight, yet he's playing incredible basketball. I watched that whole Portland-Houston game last night. It was just unbelievable, and and Harden still was just balling out, playing as well as I've ever seen him play. <laughs> um, Who and... winds up with him? Do you think? You think it's Philly? So I, I think after tonight, they got to be considering trading Simmons <laughs> but um actually I called the team that in, ends up with him as Boston because if there's a a team that he goes to that does that he deserves and deserves him is a team that <laughs> competes that treats all their players exactly like commodities you know <laughs> never b- backed up the Brinks truck for Isaiah Thomas you know a boss just feels like the absolute natural fit. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Is anyone else kind of surprised, though, when we were talking about rebuilds, how we're seeing so many teams across the league that have been doing the rebuilds slightly before or slightly after us screwing up more than us? And, I mean, over the last couple of years, it seemed like we were really screwing up. But, it's you know, you were mentioning several different teams, and it's hey, they're just dropping the ball constantly and making really dumb decisions. And you know, paying thirty million dollars for a fourth best player. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how easy it is to see that right now. I mean, well, just at least with the anecdotal evidence. We I have mean, one of them is going to be the Knicks, so the Knicks are always going to do that, right? Um, going to Nick. Yeah, and Detroit seems very determined to do that. Um, it's just nice to not be that last guy that's the biggest jerk in the room oh yeah i know and chicago yeah, i don't know chicago what chicago's doing huge point well i don't know what yeah. the hell they're thinking it's a, i don't know either. can you make decisions that look almost smart and then turn out really dumb yeah and and part of that is i guess golden state did win tonight they beat chicago um not exactly an accomplishment but well yeah. no it was a crazy game because the lead changed three times in the last five seconds or so, oh, wow. something like that. <laughs> kind of like the Dolphins Raiders game. I I did not watch that game, but I heard it was pretty I, heartbreaking I either, for yeah. Browns fans. Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered based on what happened today, anyways. <laughs> but right. uh, look, it's, their destiny still in their hands. They beat Pittsburgh there, and and it's, it's a, like seventy five percent likely the Steelers rest all their their starters. So yeah, well, that's that is true. Although, well, anybody in order so gonna... they can play, so they can play the Browns again with their at full strength the next week in the in the <laughs> divisional round. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's oh. an interesting. <laughs> so back I mean, to basketball. Can we mention the fact that Larry Nance was three of four from three tonight? Like, yeah, how no, look, he looks good. His stroke looks good. I mean, he's he's definitely been working on it. And if he, if he, if he can do that, then it it unlocks a lot of the lineups that 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 uh, bigger staff can use where he's at the, like you say, he, he can, you can play Nance anywhere from yeah. really from like two to two to five, really. So, and it's, I, I, I don't know. It's just going from, he can shoot threes. So you have to guard him on the perimeter to he's good at shooting threes. 
I, that's yeah. a gigantic Because Simmons was on him quite a bit tonight, and when he, anytime you can bring a guy that like Simmons away, you know, outside and have to try to guard you on the perimeter, you know, right. you're, you're opening up the middle for cutters and and you know for for dribble drives. I mean, you know, it, yeah, he it was definitely opens the game up downtown. Right. Yeah, that's but, what Brian just said. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I started this conversation. Sorry, I I was <laughs> watching right. the Lakers pummel the. The wolves in the background. Yeah, yeah I mean, Dance had his near triple double the other day, where it's like, well, he was two assists shy or whatever, but had yeah. what? And then he didn't score out. at all in the in the Detroit game, but he had seven rebounds and a couple of steals and played some great defense. So yeah, and, and that's really to me the reason that Kevin Love on this team makes so much sense because if your guy that's the glue at your three front court positions is Larry Nance you're a really good team. If he's a starter and all of a sudden you got to bring in a Dean Wade and give him minutes, that's sure. a whole different conversation. And that's the difference between being good and being not good. Um, yeah. And, and hey, look, that's, I, yeah. I, I wrote in the, I wrote in the, the write-up. I think Kevin Love is the, that luxury piece that, that, you know, makes, takes them from being a, you know, a, 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 a lottery team to a, a bubble fringe playoff team. So, yeah. you know, yeah. and if they play like if they continue to play with any sort of consistency, like they have the last three games, then, you know, they might be a whole lot better than that. Yeah. And it, I, I'll say but it's the, early days. The thing that's interesting is the way they're built um, in that they're long. They get a lot of deflections. They're getting a lot of steals and they have a lot of really fast guys that are helping them turn those steals into points quickly. Uh, yeah. Darius Garland's yeah, right. great at that. Larry Nance, great at that. Uh, you know, Colin Sexton drives me nuts on the fast break at times. Uh, he he screwed up four fast breaks against Detroit where they had numbers. But he, he's getting better every game. They're not making the same mistakes. So, yeah, they're, they're really interesting. I don't know how sustainable that is, but it, it is definitely they're fun to watch right now. Yep. Well, in having a player like Nance, where, you know, the other day he almost had a triple-double, and you look at his stat line, and almost every day it's like he, he might have had a 5x5 five five if one of two things happened differently. And that's like daily. And this yeah. is a guy that we got for, you know, practically pennies. And we have locked up for a super cheap contract for the long term, and he's totally bought into our city. Yeah, it's, you know, not even like, well, he just signed the contract he get. I mean, he wants to be there. And the, his thing with local business is amazing. Uh, I, it was just so great to me to see uh, the one game he was wearing a Grog Shop t-shirt. And, you yeah. know, I used to work at the Beach and Ballroom, which was like a sister club to the Grog Shop. We let each other into each other's shows. I knew the owner. I knew the other owner that helped open it. And stuff like that is just outside of basketball. It's just such a great feeling to have for a player. He is almost flawless as a person to have as a team. No, yeah, uh, he's and it's funny because on Twitter there's those, like all these trades that other teams bloggers put out, and they all have Larry Nance in them. And there's like this giant call of stop including Larry Nance in your fake trades because the Cavs are never what? trading him. <laughs> yeah, I I cannot imagine them trading him yeah. for anything less than an MVP. Like, <laughs> well, I don't think that, so I don't think they'll trade. No, but I don't think they will as well. Do but we I, have any you know, anything else to wrap up about this game? Um, I, I it was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. 
Um, I, I don't have anything else to add really. Uh, other than, no. yeah, like EG said, the NBA has been super interesting so far. Um, uh, you know, a lot of guys really fun to watch. Uh, Portland really impressed me last night watching them. Um, you know, Nurkic and McCollum seem to have taken it to another level along with Wade. So, and, you know, like Ben said the other day, Covington's been a fantastic addition. So yeah, the NBA, yeah. NBA looks super fun this year so far. So I'm, that's I'm a guy excited. I would really love to see in a Cavs uniform someday, but. You know, I've got enough. No, uh, uh, McCollum. Oh, for sure, McCollum. Yeah, but I mean, we've kind of got our our sub. You know, our our six foot guards. He he's know, the guard while, version so. of the Larry Nance personality of just you know yeah. a local guy that would be fantastic to be here. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He's you, super talented too. Did you hear my uh, um oh, uh, Costa Cufo story from this summer? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Where I, did. I crashed my cool. bike and he had to help me up. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> on the on the, Gosh, on the local trail. Yeah. So just thinking of those Glen Oak guys. But yeah. I, I don't really have anything to add about the NBA or the Cavs. Do you? Uh Ryan or EG? No, um, general oh, go ahead. You no, go, go ahead, man. Yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, uh just the other thing I just want to double down on that we talked about before is I'm just really thrilled about Jetty's role coming off the bench. The way he's bought into it, the way he's fixed his shot, and we kind of talked about it already, but it's it, it's just amazing having that kind of presence in the second unit, and maybe that is the best for him. Even if uh, who knows if Okoro will be better or not this season or whatever, uh, but Okoro adds all that defense to a starting unit that needs it, and then Jenny being able to distribute like that, and the fact that he fixed fixed his shot, it's it. it he just keeps game after game showing the things that we all wanted to believe before and then putting him next to Nance on the second unit. It's like, I, I can't even imagine what it's going to look like when we get Porter back. It's, it's if we get Porter back, I mean, you know, it remains to be seen there. They've people have said it've been awfully quiet when it comes to him in terms of his, you know, the personal issues going on and we may or may not know, you know, everything that that's, that's gone on behind the scenes. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would just start counting on him just yet, but you know, and and I don't know how long Windler's out with the with the broken. I guess he they say it was his hand, but it was sort of like his one of his, his metacarpal ring, yeah, ring ring or metal yeah, fingers. I, so I heard it was a fractured wrist at first, and yeah, I heard it was like his pinky finger. So I, I don't know what the deal is with yeah. that. But look, I mean, look, they're 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 deep. They they're fun. They hustle. They've got a good coach who seems to have a plan for uh, not just – he has a plan defensively. He's got a plan offensively. He's got, you know, some decent rotations. I, I would have liked to have seen him play one or two extra guys against Detroit, but I get why he was riding the hot hands, um, you know. But, uh, but, look, I mean, this honestly, there, there could be a whole lot more to gripe about right about now, but there really isn't, uh, no. at least – not not this side of the holidays so <laughs> or you know, or this side of ontario avenue <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> from the brown but, stadium uh, let's see you know let's let's see hopefully hopefully they can you know finish out the year strong and then you know we'll start finding out a lot about them as as january progresses and they start start playing you know more and more challenging competition that that aren't going to be surprised when the Cavs show up and yeah. you know and and play the or way they do so. and and yeah. when they actually scout the Cavs right 
Right. <laughs> but which, because, yeah, you know, their, their offense is entirely new for the teams they're playing against. So, sure. Yeah. So, um, uh, speaking of which, though, quick, uh, I wanted to quick touch on what your guys' opinion is of Dean Wade. Because I was really high on the fact that he made the roster and stayed on it. And he, he's, he he's a solid me. shooter. He kind of reminds me of John Luer a little bit. Not quite as long. But who? He, John Who's again? Dean Wade? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. Are we talking about Dean Wade? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, a longer guy who can, a guy who can shoot, better finisher than he thought. He actually had a really nice defensive play tonight. Um, you know, for a 10th, 11th guy, uh, he's, he's fine. I, I, Hope he right, keeps yeah, I'm not developing, talking about him as but, like a starter, but yeah. I, I like having him on the roster. No, I'd like and, him better. I'd like him better if the if the Cavs announcer would would say it like they used to say Dwayne Wade's name in Miami <laughs> when he would hit hit a ba- hit a bucket or whatever. Just yeah. really drag it out, like Dean Wade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, you can never have too much shooting. No, of course not. Yeah. And it's he's a four, but you know, in small ball you could run him as a five, but he can move like a not too quick three. Yeah, you know, he's a good cutter. He's got good enough instincts there. It's yeah. I know he's just one of those people I like keeping an eye on and I've been really happy about. It's no, I watched him in, in Canton a lot last year and he was starter. definitely the star in Canton. Hmm. So. I didn't realize until you you set me straight, you and Jason on the thread, Nate, that uh, Thon Maker only had the one good. Yeah, um, oh, he was terrible in the next game. three games. <laughs> he was like, "What is this the same player?" Because that first game, Weird. he was a revelation. But I think yeah, a that was the only to, one I got. That was yeah. the only one I got a chance to see. Talking to I some left, Milwaukee but... fans, it's like, yeah, this is Thon Maker, and this is why he drives you nuts. <laughs> so, right. but I thought he played well in limited minutes tonight. So. Yeah, he had to, he had a couple of good defenses. Yeah. So. Yeah, you you roll the dice on a guy like that and see if he can develop. So. Well, again, it's one of those guys. High, you know, not high. Super. He's high, only twenty three. Well, he was a lottery pick. Yeah. Uh, maker, right? Or a tenth tenth pick or something like that. Um, kind of the same as Drummond, right? I don't think he was a lottery pick. I think it was later than that because I think it was like mid teens, but right. or early twenties. But yeah. Um, now I got to look and see where he was drafted. He was and a 10th pick. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was. Like him because it was him and because uh, Drummond was also a 10th pick. Never argue um, with EG. He's always right. <laughs> I don't know about always, but I, well, I just remember there's that a reason he's an evil genius. And... Wow. <laughs> no, but that's. Wrong about the snare drum? Yeah, but, but look, I mean, if you could oh. take a shot on a guy <laughs> like gonna that. You're going to kill me and... with that snare drum. <laughs> no, whatever. Hey, man, it was some tired. Whatever. Yeah, I'm still tired. So anything? So trying to wrap this up. Anything you guys yeah. got to pitch before uh, well, before we sign off here, Ryan? Well, I have a suggestion uh, before pitch. I, I think EG should have a chance to criticize both of us on our rosters. <laughs> if, if our fantasy that. rosters, I think we better save yeah. that. I think EG's got to got to get going here. Yeah, let's let we can do a whole different fantasy call in next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to all about it. Start of the league thing or something. Yeah, yeah, it could take time. There's uh, you know, dozen pe- re- people on each a run. lot of a lot of breakdown. Yeah. yeah. Any anything to pitch? Eg, go to Ryan first. I got. Let me think. Okay. I'm thinking too. Okay. Well, I'll do my pitch, and it all is right. the movie Prospect. Which uh, is an indie? It's it's a mumblecore sci-fi um, that is on uh, 
Netflix right now, stars Pedro Pascal. The premise is a teenage girl and her father travel to a remote alien moon aiming to strike it rich. Um, and it's almost like a sci-fi mining western about a mining camp. Um, and it's really gritty. It's Pedro Pascal's fantastic in it. Um, as a guy you think is a bad guy, uh, kind of an anti-hero guy. Uh, Sophie Caldwell, I believe is the, uh, I'm sorry, Sophie Thatcher is the young, uh, woman in it. And then Jay Duplass plays her dad. Um, yeah. Um, it's really good. A really good indie sci-fi movie. Enjoyed it a ton. Um, it's only a 68 on Metacritic, but I actually just thought it was really, really fun and well done. If you like indie sci-fi, it's one of the better I've seen in a while. So. Oh, cool. What's it called again? Prospect. 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 All right. Yeah. I think you definitely like it, EG. It's on Netflix. Think EG, it's right up your alley. I'll check it out. It's well, actually. I a, was gonna. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna gonna pitch. Uh, if you haven't watched it, uh, catch up on Pennyworth, which is the. Um, it's the, on Epics. It's the the origin story for uh, Alfred Pennyworth, the Batman's butler. Oh, okay. Cool. So, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. I but watched. Inter- really interesting show. Season one came out last year. Season two just started airing so there's uh i think they're like three episodes into into season two now so i've checked that out i just got epics signing i'm signing up for at&t i got three months of epics and stars and showtime and then league pass and uh hbo max for a year for signing up for at&t streaming so it was a really good deal that's great that's amazing yeah no it was really good i was i and it's going to be really bad when i go back to work in a week <laughs> I have week pass because i'm last night i binged about six games and it was a lot of fun <laughs> so, oh yeah yeah i missed anyway. the year that i had league pass that was yeah too much fun my second pitch is is watch the second season of the boys uh if, if you oh watch yeah the first that's season, awesome the second season is is more of the same and it's a lot of fun but even better yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys anything to pitch all right, so my pitches are, I just started watching it, so I don't have a ton of uh, depth into it yet, but I'm kind of a nerd for the stuff, and the network, or Netflix uh, series at Alien Worlds is pretty entertaining. Oh, yeah, that looked cool. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah, a science-y kind of thing that just yeah. shows you a different type of planet and what life might look like for it, so it's like a natural geographic, National Geographic for stuff that's not real but could be real. <laughs> nice. Uh, that was nice. uh, it's been really entertaining so far, and that's always based nerd. Uh, then, kind of an old movie, but just came up in conversation today. Uh, this old uh, indie movie, United States of Leland. Which I've never I don't seen that. Anyone's really seen it, but uh, it's, uh, Don Cheadle and Ryan Gosling. Okay, and it's this really cool kind of thing where Ryan Gosling is this kind of troubled kid that is in prison and did some stuff, but you don't really know what he did at first. And Don Cheadle's trying to kind of drag it out of him and figure out what really happened. And it's hard to explain in the way that does it justice, but it's one of my, like, top 20 movies ever. It just came up in conversation today, so I figured I'd bring it up. Awesome. Well, uh, the Cavs And if you're not watching The Mandalorian, you should be. (laughs) Speaking of Pedro Pascal. Yeah, I was waiting for the season to finish, and then I'm just going to start. So I haven't done it yet, but uh, I'm sure I'll go through it. Okay, well, we won't talk about it today, then. 
Um, and uh, the Cavs play again on Tuesday, correct? Yeah, Tuesday again at home against the Knicks. Yeah, so uh, should be a fun one. Should be a, a fun week. And uh, as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Come on, Ryan. Go Cavs. I said go Cavs. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It was in stereo. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm offended. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.